Welcome to the Industry Insider, brought to you by Promo Corner. Each week, promotional product professionals Meg Erber, Jeff Franklin, and Stephen McFadden, along with special guests, will discuss industry news, trends, and events with a focus on educating the promotional products industry. The Industry Insider, the nerdy news you need to know. Welcome to another edition of the Industry Insider, your promotional products podcast, where you can get all the nerdy news you need to know about. My name is Jeff Franklin, National Accounts Manager with Headwear USA, and I'm joined today by two other lovely folks this week. Uh, but look, uh, this broadcast is brought to you by our good friends over at TechWeld. Uh, when you're thinking about promotional items and stellar customer service made in the USA products and business solutions, you got to thank TechWeld. TechWeld's an award-winning promotional product supplier, having received the Distributor Choice Award in the Sunglass category and the Sagney Supplier of the Year Award. Check them out at techweld.com and find the customer service you deserve and the products you need. Think TechWeld. They've got hand sanitizers. Due to the coronavirus uh, variants, it's something that's uh, still trending worldwide. The CDC still recommends sanitizing and washing your hands to help prevent the spread of the disease. And they are, they've got uh, many sanitizer SKUs that help combat the spread of the virus. Remember to thank TechWeld for your promotional product needs. TechWeld's leading supplier promotional products with a huge inventory of Made in the USA items available to help distributors grow the bottom line today. Visit TechWeld, that's T-E-K-W-E-L-D.com, and check out their drinkware, sanitizer kit uh, options, and much, much more and tell them the Industry Insider sent you. Uh, we've got a lot of hat wearers today. Normally, I'd be the one wearing the hat, but um, hey, Meg, how are you? I'm doing good. I am. Uh was doing a fun little video with my coworker outside earlier and I came inside, I was soaked to the bone. It was so hot outside and all the takes, but so I got my workout in early today, but yeah, I'm doing great. How are you doing today, Jeff? Nice, I am uh, flustered. A lot going on in very little time. Very, very so little we time. see a kid running behind you, pay no attention. <laughs> it, it might happen. It, it could, it could very well happen. I don't know. I mean, we are pre-recording this episode and it is, uh, post kindergarten uh pre like bedtime so it could happen it could happen stephen mcfadden how are you i am doing well i'm uh about to take off on an airplane tomorrow morning eight in the morning heading to nicaragua where are, you going? where are you going i'm going to nicaragua on a mission trip are you going to tour drew estates are you going to smoke some stogies like oh, what are you going to nicaragua for Come on. Uh, well, it is funny. I'm in a group chat and they were like, is anyone checking baggage? I'm like, I'm bringing four bags. And they're like, what, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm just kidding. I'm not, I'm not bringing four bags. Yeah, that would be a big red flag, I think. So, yeah. Well, listen, we're going to have a relatively brief or more brief than usual podcast today, but it's going to come at you hot and heavy. We've got all the spice today, guys. That's going to be a fun episode. It's why we decided not to go with a guest this week because, you know, we don't want anybody uh, throwing themselves out there for the for the wolves, except for us. I mean, we're, we're happy to do it for you guys. So, uh, look, this is uh, if you if you watch um, uh, crap, what is the what is the name of that show um, with the hot wings, hot ones? That's what it's called. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? Mm -hmm. The YouTube show mm -hmm. that they do with all the celebrities. Meg's nodding like she doesn't know. <laughs> no, yep. I I should yeah, do. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> Never mind. We won't even go with that reference. Forget you guys. All right, cool. So we're going to talk about industry hot buttons. All right. We've got some really cool, uh, really cool, I guess, hot buttons or topics that we're going to discuss today. And uh, we're all going to come at it from a devil's advocate point of view or however you want to frame it. Okay. Do, so, do we need to read the disclaimer? 
beforehand. I, I mean, which, whichever topics or, or whichever opinions are, are, are uh, I guess, put out there are not necessarily our own opinions. It is just a, I don't know. <laughs> they are simply our opinions. They do not represent the- Maybe they're uh, not. Maybe they're not. You know, I mean, I may feel one way about a particular product or, or, or uh, you know, <laughs> category so, yeah. that we're going to discuss, but it might not actually be my my opinion. Basically, what we're saying is that you may not like what we have to say, and that's too bad. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that, that, that was not what we were saying, but I just, but maybe. I mean, come on. Come on, come right. on Meg. <laughs> come on. All right. So <laughs> first one, first one. Here's a good one. All right. COVID was good for the promotional products industry. Lots of silence here. Lots you want me to start? Yeah, go ahead, Stephen. Why Why was COVID good for the promotional products I, industry? I'm actually why going to take the, maybe it's unpopular. I think it's, I think, but it's my opinion. And this one is my opinion. I actually think it was good for the promotional products industry. And um, I, I think I referenced it maybe on a previous podcast as well. Um, basic, you know, citing things like technological advances in the promo industry that we were behind on that this forced us into, um, you know, whether it be inventory management, things like that. There is another, uh, a few th components that I, I thought of while thinking about this. One of which was, we mentioned at the beginning of this, where you said, Hey, my kid might be running around in the back. It's like, that's been every meeting I've had for the past two and a half years, including with my customers. Like I've never been in my customers' homes. I have now, like I've been in for two and a half years as I've been invited into their homes. I've met their families, their dogs, their kids, like talk about personal connections that we didn't used to have pre COVID. I mean, we would always meet in public places or on a phone call. Now it's, I see their faces like 10 times more than I did pre COVID. I've met their families. I've met their kids, their dogs, all that. Not to mention, uh, my customers are way more patient than they were pre COVID because all of their orders are delayed as well. So they understand like there's all of, all of a sudden this magical light bulb of understanding by all of our customers of, Oh no, we get it. We get it. The stuff set of stock. We get it. That it's more expensive. I'm like, when has that ever happened? Like we were ramping up in 19 where things had to be faster, cheaper and better. Yeah. And no questions asked. Or we'll find somebody else. When COVID mm -hmm. happened, they were like, thank you. Like, Okay, we'll wait an extra week, or, or we're a little more flexible. So I don't know. That's that. Those are my those are my bullet points, and I'll let it breathe for a minute. Um, do you want to go, Jeff, or do you want me to go? Yeah, I mean, look, I can see pros and cons. Uh, so I'll just I'll, I'll play the fence here. Um, so COVID was good for the industry for several reasons. I mean, obviously, uh, it has for for the employers that were out there that were kind of hesitant to allow people to work from home. They have finally found out that people can actually be just as or more productive working from home than not. Uh, now, there's a whole mental health component that goes into that when you're working more from home that you don't have that separation. Uh, you know, so like for me, like the drive home after a long day at work was always kind of therapeutic in a sense. Uh, so a lot of people don't have that anymore. Um, you know, I, there it was bad for our industry in a lot of ways because i think you you've got more uh, acquisitions now 
which aren't always a good thing. Uh, you know, we've tried to shine some light on some people that are out there that are doing it great, uh, you know, acquisitions the right way or in a good way, but it's not always a positive thing. Um, you know, and I think the smaller the industry gets, uh, you know, it's not necessarily better for the industry. Um, you know, and to your to your point, or in contrast to your statement, Stephen, is that everything is more expensive and takes a lot longer now. Labor shortages, yeah, supply chain yeah. issues. Like, if you go to China, you're still getting quarantined for three weeks before you can do anything. So there's no commercial airliners. Capacity for for air freight is like through the floor. Uh, prices skyrocketed on everything. There's there's definitely pros and cons. Go ahead, Meg. Yeah, I have to agree. I'm on the fence, right? So when you look at overall numbers, the, the you know, the overall volume, sorry, now I'm over here. <laughs> the overall volume that we did as an industry went down. That was including the millions and billions of dollars we did in PPE. So that's not that you guys, I, you know, I have, <laughs> which one do I look at? Which one do I look at? <laughs> I kind of want to do a two-phase situation yeah. here. Go ahead. <laughs> now the other side, the other side. Okay. There you go. Um, but I think, you know, and then oh, the layoffs. I remember that was very scary. I think we were all very scared those first couple of months, not knowing what was going to happen, not knowing if we were going to lose our jobs or if our friends were going to lose our jobs. And that's, that's always the scary part. But what I loved about what COVID did to our industry was the, cre the creativity, the ingenious, the, the, just everything that came out of it that was positive, all of the, the technology, all of the, the the relationships that Stephen was saying, like there are so many people, so many more people that I have touched in this industry because of COVID that I would have never had the opportunity to because this podcast went video or video versus audio. Um, you know, being on the the, the uh, promote cares board, that would have never happened. You know, once it all, all this is, is, is good. Um, PPS that I've, I've been able to get involved in, these live concert series, none of this I, don't, I think would have even come about if we weren't pushed to do it. So we were kind of forced to really uh, evolve and adapt to the new situations. And I think that as an industry, we did really, really well. And I think we're back on track and we're doing really well as an industry. I think one, you mentioned, oh, go ahead, Jeff. Sorry. I was going to say one problem that I have with, you know, the, the whole hybrid situation, though, is that because people aren't necessarily back in their office or they're telecommuting, you know, multiple days out of the week for a supplier sales rep, I've found that it's actually a lot harder now that we are back on the road. Like it's harder to book meetings and yeah. when you do book meetings. It's, it's before like I used to be very flexible when I was on the road as far as my schedule. Like people knew I was coming that day, but there wasn't like a set time. It was, you know, very flux, and yeah. you, know, you can't really do that anymore. So it's it's actually made it a little bit more challenging and difficult from that aspect. I agree. Go ahead. I was I was gonna say I, I this is a topic, and I'm glad that we represent different sides where I can see how certain things may be bad for a supplier or good for a supplier, and the opposite for the distributor. And um, yeah, the only other thing I'll, I'll mention, because I, I know we probably want to rapid fire these topics so we get more of yeah, them, but um, I know because it's a good one, but um, market share, I think from a, while we were in it, you know, the market share of the industry was shifted to digital, you know, just like we shifted a lot of our marketing to digital and things like that. But I think this is like a good news, bad news. I think this is going to be one of those things, especially as we saw this year of how fast the industry is rebounding. That it's one of the, it's one of those things where you don't know how good it was until it was gone, 
you know, like everyone went digital, no one had anything physical. And now that we're doing physical products again, people are like, oh, dang, like this is what we were missing. Like this is that piece that we really yeah. didn't, shouldn't have gotten rid of. You know, we shouldn't have been one of everybody, you know, one of everybody else who's, who's investing digital. So I think it's going to eventually, maybe another year down the road, we're going to see the, the market share recaptured, if not gained. But we'll see. Time will tell. Yeah. I know. All right. Topic number two. Let's do Sweet. it. All right. Sustainability isn't sustainable. Is it? I don't know. <laughs> Christina, you, you had mentioned you had mentioned the other day that um, a lot of the reasons why people sort of steered away from it was because of cost, right? Like that was a, that was one of the yeah. I can I can outline my initial reaction to it. Um, this is where I think the disclaimer should come in. I don't think new initiatives are bad, you know, and I don't think that doing stuff for good is bad. I think that we have to look at the reality of things though. And in, in some cases of yes, doing this and bringing on these new types of products to our industry is amazing. It's absolutely needed. It's hundred percent overdue. Um, the reality is, Budgets don't necessarily move because of the types of products with certain customers. Some companies, they have initiatives built in where they will spend more to be able to, to advertise and or cooperate with their initiatives and to help in the way that they see fit. Um, just like it was with Made in America products. Great idea. The pricing never matched up with the idea so much so that my customers were willing to pay the difference to move in that direction even though they were passionate about it they weren't passionate about it enough right now some customers were and i think that's the same with sustainability um this year and end of last year i've seen more and more push towards it i mean meg i think you've mentioned before how like adidas like 80 percent or 90 percent of their new products all with water bottles like or recycled bottles like things like that like a lot of new product and development is great and the price seems to be the same so then that's a win-win um and it kind of compares to like yeah. the american made you know that's yeah. the same scenario like with american made people would love an american made product the problem is they see the price tag is three times as much as the one from china or wherever they're like oh, okay yeah i'll stick with uh i'll stick with the import yeah. um you know sustainability certainly if the items aren't uh, you know, cost uh, effective or efficient, then it's it's going to prohibit. But I think prices have come down a ton on sustainable items. My my one issue that I have with sustainability or sustainable products is the fact that I think a lot of people are just jumping a bit on a bandwagon and, and um, maybe even greenwashing to some extent, you know, where you're not really doing it for the right reasons. Uh, and let's face it, the paper straw is not saving the freaking sea turtles, okay? Go ahead, Meg. I'll let you go off on that one. You hit my trigger. <laughs> that's oh, that's my trigger too. I cannot stand a freaking paper straw. I can't either. I literally can't either. Um, man, so yeah, you guys hit a lot of the points, right? You know, um, it's, it's a great thought. It's a great, you know, sustainability, like saving the world, great. And then people's self-preservation does come in. But I will say that over the last couple of years, I have seen a dramatic shift in this in our industry, and I think it's incredible. And I think it comes down to from the consumer more demanding it um, all the way up. And I'm going to say that too, because for me, this really started with <clears throat> one of my customers uh, had called me and he's like, Meg, what's your, 
most eco-friendly t-shirt. And at that time, I'm just like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. This one has like 6% recycled material. And I sent it over. He's like, no, Meg, I need, you to, I need you to think a little bit deeper on that level, right? Great. It has recyclable material in it. But how much water was used to dye that fabric? Was it sent from one place to another? Think about the, you know, the air stuff, whatever. Like, there was a bunch of little moving parts. And I was like, you know, I never really thought about it that way. And it really started to open my eyes. Just because a product, doesn't, it doesn't have to start with the actual materials being eco-friendly, right? It has to come down to the processes. It has to come down to what that company is doing. If they have a CSR plan, there's just so many moving parts. Um, but it really opened my eyes. The fact that that next year for our new product preview meetings, the first 15 to 20 minutes for every brand that we spoke to, they were telling us what they were doing from that initiative as far as how they're cutting back on, on water usage. Um, Bella Canvas, for instance, all of their scraps were being reused and recycled into like pillow stuffing or dog beds or whatever. So they're keeping these products out of the landfill and they're keeping the water cleaner, um, which kind of leads me to our next event very quickly for Water for Good that we're doing with Promo Cares. We are highlighting what we as an industry are doing to water quality globally. And we're really going to light that up and we're going to be utilizing a lot of resources from our industry and we've partnered with Planet Water. Um, so on World Water Day next year, we're actually going to fly to Mexico City um, to build water towers. Um, it's really exciting. So it doesn't have to just be about a recycled or eco-friendly product. There's a whole, a whole line of stuff. So this could be a whole episode, guys. You know this. You know me. Hot, hot button alert. All right. If, yeah. if you're if you're doing free samples as a supplier, are you a sustainable supplier? Well, here's the thing. Or are you donating to the brand fill? You, if you're just throwing a bunch of shit at the wall to see what sticks, yeah, you are donating to the brand fill. There, I said Even, it. Your sample closet. How much of it is were were free samples? We're <laughs> <laughs> still in his closet, so we might use them one day. Um, I I have one more. Uh, I have a little quick story. Okay, sure. so I was talking to a, okay talking to a customer. We were talking about product options and I mentioned sustainable products to them, right? They were the type of customer that would be willing to do this. And it's part of their initiative. I saw it on their website, something that they cared about. So I, I pitched these products and the response to me was interesting. They said the cost difference to the price of the products that were sustainable, that they were interested in versus the cost of the products that were not sustainable. They were like, we can give more in a donation to a cause of our choice than we could if we bought the product that was already sustainable. And so it's like, where does the responsibility then fall if the company is passionate about something and they're still taking the difference in the cost and putting it towards something, that's great. Like that's yeah. that's perfectly fine. And and until the gap, you know, starts to narrow, which I think it has, and I think we've addressed that. Um, that, that I mean, I know we're just an entire eco range. And honestly, I see like the pricing is, there is no gap. Really, I mean, at least, and we and we could go into like how eco are the products, you know, like some of them are advertised as eco, but it's like they're not really, you know, it's like yeah, you still have it wrapped in plastic and shipped in a box and shipped in another box. It's like, well, Stephen, yeah. at that, I would say to your customer, we recycle our boxes. We're cheap. Yeah. <laughs> that's what you need to talk about to that customer, Stephen. It's like it's not just about this product. We maybe they maybe it's the wrong product. Maybe it's like okay, oh, this well, this is a while ago. Yeah, no, okay. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I would love for you to reach out to me next time you have a project like that. I would love to help you. Well, it was like when the straws first came out. Um, oh, yeah. There was a group that was talking about how 
yeah, this is great. Except they were all shipped in individually wrapped plastic. And yeah. it's like, what's the point? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. yeah. All right. All right. What's the next topic? Uh, there you go. Overseas labor is a good solution for local labor issues. All right. I started the last two. So you, one of you starts and then I'll. All right. I'll so, uh, mm. never mind. I don't want to start. <laughs> I can't. I can start. But Jeff, go ahead. I don't. No, I think people just need to go back to work. <laughs> Sorry, I said it. I mean, I honestly, like, what do these people do? Like, honestly, I mean, I don't know, like, if, if, if nobody's working, I don't know. That's that's a whole nother. Yeah, ahead, I agree. All right. I'll, take, so, I'll take a side. Oh, I got it. I got it. All right. Okay. So overseas, right? Okay. So let's start. I'm going to start with um, a company that I know. Um, let's start with Michael Reesbaum's company because I know he's going to be on a future podcast and we're going to talk about staffing. So let's just talk about it right here. We are in, or we're delegate probably CX, out of, right. yeah, delegate. Yeah. Sorry. Yep. I might say you're on delegate. Uh, yeah. CX, okay. Yep. We're in this, in this era. It's called the, you know, the great resignation. Now I think it's like, it's, it's, now we're trying to get people to go back to work, not necessarily quitting. People realize their value um, and they weren't going to maybe be in a toxic work environment. So now they're at a point where we, it's hard to get people to come back to work um, for specific things that really aren't that fun and, and sexy, like customer service. Like you guys know, after what we just went through, customer service was a really tough job to be in. So if you can push that somewhere overseas and you can maybe work with a company like Michael's and, and they have been, they're very good employees and they, um, and, and they have a whole training program and I don't know their whole process, but I really think what they've set up and how they've worked it out is very unique. Um, so that being a specific instance, yes, but in my past, my uh, experience has not been good there. All right, so I will I will I will fly through this as quick as I can. I have a morally I feel conflicted with this one because when we started as a company, um, like we even the deck like we had a decoration and part of decoration was a value add to our, our our company. It wasn't really a profit center. Like it was, we were like, this is great. We can provide more jobs, right? And there were even times, especially during COVID, we're like, we'll figure out how to keep everybody and make masks using the machines like well we want to provide jobs we want to feel like we're doing our part in our local community to to provide places for people to work and make a living and be a part of a, a company culture that we're we're proud of and so i've always you know I, i've kind of come full circle there was a i don't know if it's a documentary or like a vlog that um jason lucas and his team i don't know if you remember seeing this where they went overseas to the factory in China and we're talking about the global economy and how many families that they're supporting at their factory level and how, you know, that connected they are with all those people and, you know, meeting the people. And it's like, we're all people, right? Like whether I'm supporting someone here, there were still people that needed jobs there. Right. And they're supporting them. And it doesn't mean to displace the job locally. Cause we've talked about this in other episodes, how, are we are better at certain things in other countries and other countries are better than us at certain things some things can be replaced and some things can't whether it be certain types of manufacturing or if it something that has to be done here with the machine you know versus overseas with the computer and so i've always felt conflicted where i would never want to replace a job that we already have with just something because it's less expensive right having said that we have a delegate cx employee 
now. And we, you know, so I, it's, it wasn't a new position. It was, or excuse me, it wasn't an existing position. It was a new position. And my first question I talked to them about, and we'll let them talk about it uh, on future podcasts, but was like, what, yes, it's less expensive to me. What does that equate to locally for them? Because dollar to different currencies could be valued differently. And, you know, a dollar here could be worth a hundred dollars there. I want to make sure it's still fair wherever they're at. Like it still needs to be good. So we had a lot of questions and dynamics and I, I can get behind it. Like I can get behind it. So I'll, I'll stop and let that breathe. But that's kind of where I went with the whole. That was good. Glad you through it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, I just think there's certain positions that really can't be replaced with overseas labor. Agreed. Oh, 100%. 100%. I agree. Um, all right. Anything else to add on that one? No, I think that's it. I, mean, I think it was really good to have like, you know, different perspectives. We haven't done this in a while and it was really got, nice. Do like, you want to do the last one? It's oh, going to be spicy. It's, it's going to be a speed round though. Okay. It's, right, easier to sell as a, it's easier to sell as a supplier than a distributor. Back. For sure. <laughs> you said, you said, yes, it is Meg. No. Sell as a supplier. Yeah. There's, yeah. Okay. So you oh, and yeah. Jeff disagree. Oh, you disagree? Oh, it's way easier to sell as a distributor than it is a supplier. <laughs> you accept, no, hold, on, hold, on, hold on. Unless you're selling direct, unless you're selling direct, you have a set number of clientele as a supplier. You can only sell to a distributor. And you're not really selling to that distributor. You're selling to the end user through the distributor, if that makes sense. You're not talking to the person that's actually purchasing the product. Secondly. Thirdly, uh, you guys also have access. Hey, Meg, why don't you just uh, tone it down there, right? <laughs> you guys have options to sell every solution on the planet. As a single source supplier, you've got one solution to offer. So, yeah, your options are a lot more broad. Like, you could literally go and do anything in the industry. All right. Have you had to deal with an end user lately? <laughs> no. No, I'm dealing with <laughs> I'm so dealing with uh, hundreds of distributors. See, hundreds. Do you need any more than that? That's the thing. I feel like there is enough business in this industry for everyone. I feel like being a supplier, you're right. I have a set amount of distributors that I can work with. Matter of fact, I'm in my own territory because I can't handle much more than I already have on my plate. With that being said, they already know who SMS is. They know who I am. It's all about building that relationship. And I don't have to, I mean, I don't know. I just, it's, I don't know. I've been on both sides of it. I feel like being a distributor, you really like, I mean, it could be my Jeff job well, too. I feel sure. really, I don't know. I work hard either way. I don't know. I just think it's easier. You're going to work hard either way. Yeah. Yeah. Neither one of them is easy. You're still no. selling, you're still dealing with the same stuff. It's, yeah. it's, it's different. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I feel like as far as to get you to a, a certain number or a set number of clients or whatever it might be, I feel like it's easy to approach that number as a distributor with unlimited number of, you know, uh, end users out there versus, you know, the 10,000 or 27,000 distributors, whatever there is. You know what I mean? So here's here's my perspective um, as, as the other side. And I'm actually really happy both of you disagree. That was cool. Um, the My perspective of the supplier side um the larger your brand and the bigger your presence in the industry already the easier or and the more unique your product options are 
the easier it would be for you as a supplier, you know, because you would then have less competition in certain areas or you'd have more visibility to someone like me who's already looking for that item. My the assumption that I think that um, I could be wrong about if you're talking to a distributor and we're talking about a project, we are going to buy something right like we're talking to it the supplier because we are interested in a product you already have whereas if i'm talking to a customer i they may not be interested at all they may already be ordering from somebody else right so uh there it is we're in the house we're in the family COVID. <laughs> um so i so from my perspective it's more challenging knowing that i'm talking to people that could never order forever you know, and yeah. I could be going in door to door. I could be calling people and I have, z I have zero idea whether they're going to order or not. Yeah. Whereas if I was on the supplier side. It's the side, same situation for a supplier. See, the problem is that end user, that end user is buying product. They just might not be buying it from you, Stephen. Just like if you are dealing right. with headwear, yeah. you, you, we may be going through the process, but you might never place that order. It's the same exact scenario. Do you think it'd yeah, be easier if you read a different supplier? What's that? Do you think that my original argument of a better, bigger supplier would make it easier for you as a sales rep? Yes, I agree with you a thousand percent. Yeah, so I mean, I think it, there are different different yeah. challenge levels. There's different but, hard, hardness scales. Okay, here's, here's a hot button statement for you right there, okay? Uh, that's because so many people are lazy or they don't have the time to actually source appropriately. So they'll buy their hats from Sanmar you know, or they'll buy their hats from Alpha, or they'll buy their hats from SNS. Yeah, those guys. You know, they're just it's it's lazy, it's easy, it's convenient. Like I get it, but there are so many better options out there if, if done and sourced correctly. So that's I, I agree with your point. That one a hundred percent. Yes. And I think too, if there's an item that only one person carries, right? You you kind of have that cornered assuming someone's interested in it to begin with. Um, well, that's, yeah, that was, yeah. Yeah. So like the, the wine bottle company, for instance, like what is it? Triple, triple a wine or something yeah. like that. I think it is like, there's only I, there a, a plus wine. Yeah. A yeah. plus wine. Yeah. That, yeah. There, they there kill may it. be there's <laughs> competition, but I mean, if there are, I don't know about them. So are they the only ones doing, you know, decorated wine bottles? I mean, I, maybe. And if they are, then, Hey, they've got that corner of the market, you know, they've got a corner. Yeah. But how much demand for that is there? I mean, more than enough to be sufficient. I mean, if you're if you're only one supplier and you have every distributor, I, I would think it'd be pretty high. <laughs> you know, um, you don't you only you need a much smaller percentage to make it work, I guess. In that yeah, case, correct. Um, and you know, and there's people that have created services and programs that are unique, right? And so that that's benef beneficial. But anywho, that was good. I like that one. Yep, I can't I wait to see. Be a supplier, no matter what you say. <laughs> like, yeah. I wouldn't. I mean, God forbid. I just. I love my job. I love SNS. I love what I get to do. And I just. I just would not want to be on the other other shoes. I. Other shoes, whatever. Anyway. All right, so do, do we do we want to go with uh, the whole cancel culture thing? Like, do we want to have people post in the comments who's getting canceled out of the three of us? I know. <laughs> <laughs> post in the comments below who's getting canceled. <laughs> I got All right. Well, look, I had fun. I think it's definitely uh, a lot of fun to sort of discuss these things in the industry. And this was a really cool, uh, really cool topic. Uh, obviously, um, you know, 
business is great. Things are awesome. Distributors and flyers both alike are kick ass. And uh, look, we're in it together. It's a partnership. So um, anyhow, uh, really fun today, guys. Uh, appreciate you. This, uh, this broadcast was brought to you by our good friends over at TechWeld. Uh, look, they've got a lot of awesome kit options. They've got this whole thing, like the Come Kit Around With Us initiative to push kits. They've got eight different stock packaging uh, ideas for their for their kits. They've got an EVA bag, a PVC tent pouch, PVC tube, an organza bag, the pillow pouch, the BTL 202, which is a 30-ounce tumbler, and they've got a retro lunchbox, which are awesome. Uh, not many players in the industry are focusing too heavily on kits, which really allow them to hone in on, their, on the market with these products and expand upon their already vast kit line. So look, you got to remember to think TechWeld for your promotional product needs. TechWeld is a leading supplier of promotional products with a huge inventory of made in the USA items available to help distributors grow their bottom line today. Visit TechWeld, T-E-K-W-E-L-D.com and check out their drinkware, sanitizer, kit options, and much more. Tell them the Industry Insider sent you. And with that, guys, appreciate you. Uh, if if one of us aren't back on the show, it's, you know, we know why now. <laughs> so, uh, until next nice week. doing the podcast with you, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, I guess it'll be just you two next week. <laughs> All right. Take care, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Promo Corners Industry Insider. For more great content from industry thought leaders, including podcasts, blogs, and videos, visit promocorner.com.